and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for thank you for listening. David, every once in a while, we've been doing this for 15 years and we've been doing our our intro I'd say a good portion of that time. Like we locked into it pretty early. Um but uh uh it's rare for you to find a new way to say <laughs> your line, which in this case is just your name. But yeah. you see Well, I will um give credit to uh my wife who will probably come up again later on this uh episode for reasons mm-hmm. that will become clear um on our podcast the one where i met your mother she will often intentionally try to change up the way she she says sure. I'm natalie so by, oh boy I maybe maybe subconsciously i said uh, I, I said let's take a page out of natalie's book and pronounce my name a different way <laughs> oh boy that is uh you know there's there's already so much uncertainty in life i like to i like to hit, to lock in <laughs> to a very specific cadence and just do that uh for the rest of my life rest of your um life. Yeah. but yeah but i liked it this time i it sounded like you were really it sounded yeah. like you were really invested in saying your name um which is a a strange thing to say but yeah it's uh, i liked it go back and listen we both know that's not going to happen but go back and listen <laughs> and uh, and and see if you can replicate that. Um, um, but anyway, and well, thank you, thing, everyone, for listening. Yes, your thing about being invested or not invested, um, committing to a certain like cadence mm-hmm. is like me. It's funny that you're the dad here because I'm clearly the one who makes the more dad jokes. Boy, that's for sure. Because I, there are definitely jokes that I can't not make. You okay. know, if you ask me what the date is, or like you know you say is today the second mm-hmm. and i'll say yep and then i'll pause and i'll say all day long oh boy oh boy <laughs> and i cannot not do that I've i started doing a- when i when i worked at a video store and people would fill out memberships and they had to fill out the form and people as we still do when you're filling out a form you just want to be you know what the date is but you still want to be extra sure, so sure people would yes. be like people always be like today's the 25th right i'd be like yep all day uh, and I am 20 years later, still making that joke as, as a reflex. You know what though? Uh, there is only one particularly stupid joke that will always make me laugh. And I know it makes you laugh, uh, but it doesn't take much to make you laugh yeah. when it's this kind of thing, which is, you know, when you're an adult, uh, people will ask, you know, uh, your, your name, and then they'll ask you to spell it. Uh, and it got to the point where, I, I don't wait for them to ask. So I'll say Tyler Smith, T Y L E R uh, Smith, uh, traditional spelling. I, <laughs> that's the joke I make yeah. every time. Sometimes people chuckle. Sometimes they don't. And it's like, well, you know what? It's for me. It's that one's just for me yeah, and I for like David it. when I, when I recount it to him, but, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't think I'm going to be a dad joke type, but I, I also, my kids aren't ta- aren't speaking yet. So once they do, maybe you just, you just can't help it. And if you need, need any, just let me know. Oh, I, yeah, I, I know. It's like, <laughs> one of the kids will ask like a really important question. I'll be like, can you excuse me for a moment? And then I text, it's like, David, <laughs> Jasper just asked this thing. Um, but uh, anyway, you, you'll be my dad jokes here and now. But uh, anyway, okay. Uh, well, so enough um, of our intro. Yes, we've got uh, a fun episode to get to, but first I want to tell you, the listener, about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I 
used in each and every day of our lives. Uh, today, I was using them to listen to uh, uh, PC Music Volume Three. I don't know if you're uh, Tyler, if you're aware of the PC Music Collective from uh, from England. Um, I'm uh, uh, weirdly kind of obsessed uh, with them. Uh, they have their uh, fans and their detractors. Uh, the biggest name to come out of PC Music is probably Sophie. May she rest in peace. But there's also Hannah Diamond and AG, AG Cook and HYD. I don't know how you pronounce that guy's name. Um, but it's it's sort of like this ongoing experiment to make art out of the most like basic prepackaged like 90s, 2000s pop. Mm. So it's like, it sort of reminds me of Gus Van Sant's Psycho. Sure, sure. Whereas to the casual viewer, that's just a, a packaged entertainment. That is, you know, right. you, you pay, you, you know, you bought your ticket and you took your ride. You saw the yeah. movie. Yeah. But to those who are more interested in analyzing as an experiment in what you can do with uh, uh, with mainstream uh, uh, popular art. Uh, it, it's it's richer and that's what pc music is to me and um they do a lot of their own solo things but every they, they've they they put out these compilations every once in a while um of of what of their of their work and and so pc music volume three is what i was listening to and and loving all day today now quick uh, quick side oh, note and i know we have okay. somewhere yeah, to be have, i'm sorry and i know there's a rhythm to your ad and i apologize i do uh you know i in in one of the classes that I teach, I do show Psycho and I do mention Gus Van Sant's uh, remake. Um, and as a result, I, I, I've I've started talking more about it with friends, you know, uh, mm-hmm. of ours, like movie people. And I do. It does feel like I mean, it's been 24 years since it came out. And I feel like amongst movie people. Uh, I feel like pe- uh, movie people have sort of come around on his Psycho, not yeah. to say that they like it but that they're grateful for it. Like at the time it was so, it was so sacrilegious. Like people just couldn't believe that he was doing this thing. Uh, but I think as time has gone on, people are like, Oh, I'm very happy. He did that. Especially the way he did, uh, because now it allows us the opportunity to compare these two things as an experiment. And so it's, it's just fascinating to see how that has, uh, how that give it enough time. And yeah. even the most, uh, uh repulsive, uh, cinematic instincts can be redeemed. <laughs> Well, uh, tweakedaudio.com earbuds, the, to finish up what I was saying, uh, uh, are available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tyler, hmm? we're back. We're back. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and we have a, a, a guest, um, someone that I have uh, uh, known for 
you know, almost as long as we've been doing the, the, the podcast, but, uh, we only, um, somewhat recently started talking about being, uh, uh, on the show. I think because it's because we're a movie show. Mm-hmm. She's worked in TV for so long, right? But, uh, last year she had a credit on one of, uh, the biggest and best movies of, of the year. And I should have asked exactly how she wanted to be introduced, but, sure. uh, let's, I'll just say, uh, I'll just go by IMDb from the licorice pizza art department. It's Carrie. Hyatt. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Carrie? Good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm definitely part of the art department for sure. Um, yes. Uh, and uh, I'm a graphic designer. That's typically what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, um, I, I definitely want to talk about what that entails in general and then talk about liquor's pizza and, and other stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I, but first um, I mentioned that I've uh, known you for probably if I'm doing the math in my head, 13, 14 years, I think. That sounds about right. Yeah. It's um, been some but time. Yeah. But that's because you've known my wife even, even longer. And I, yeah. I met, through, met you through my wife. Yeah. Since we were tender babes in <laughs> high school. Yeah. Um, so how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm currently not working. So I've been spending the past two days at the beach love and life living, uh, reading some like, uh, Greek mythology fiction. That's really floating my boat right now. Oh, like what? Like, um, what, uh, Circe is one book that's quite great. And then the same author wrote something called, uh, the song of Achilles or son, son of Achilles. I don't even know what it's called. (laughs) It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm in full vacation mode, so I'm doing great. How That's are great. you guys? Uh, I'm not in vacation mode. Um, work is very busy. Plus Natalie and I just moved and that has, is still kind of hectic. Uh, so, and, uh, and I'll answer for Tyler. He's, uh, he has two very small children, so He's not in vacation mode. Ever. That's that's true. I did my semester did just wrap up, so I'm in a kind of vacation mode. But I do have another job, and I'm going to be teaching another for another program in July. But in the meantime, yes, I've got the two kids, and as delightful as they are, it's you know I wouldn't consider a vacation. Yeah, child rearing is definitely the most it, important job. It, sure. i'm not a mother so i shouldn't chime in on this it's 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 an instinctive thing people people say that uh and i'd say understandably so but instinctively i don't i don't want to be too fast to agree uh because then i feel like that's me saying like yeah it is i'm really important uh but but it's just like eh you know, I mean, I got I just got to not screw them up too bad. And uh, then I think we're good. Yeah. Just a little bit of arsenic before just, sleepy time. Yeah. Just so that they know who's in charge. Yeah. Just Absolutely. to keep them down. Just a little bit. <laughs> this is why I'm not a mother. <laughs> there, there definitely uh, have been times where like, you know, when they're teething uh, and we'll, we'll give them each like some, some infant uh, Tylenol, which helps them. And then, you know, the little spurts of, of like teething pain last for a few days and then it kind of goes away. Uh, but we find like, 
you know, let's do the Tylenol again, just in case, just in case. They Um, were great when they were on Tylenol. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, also they happen to, thankfully, they also happen to uh, love the, uh, the taste. So there have been times when they've asked for it and we, uh, we are, we don't want to give it to them because it's just like, well, we don't want to just dope them up. I loved medicine when I was little. It tasted so good. Grape Dimatap. Are you kidding me? That was my, that was my jam. Oh, I was um, like orange flavored triamenic all the way. Uh, I love that this is what we're talking about. Um, my cat is currently on antibiotics and the antibiotics are banana cherry flavor. And I wonder to what extent the cat cares about that. Also, I don't think of cats as being like big fruit fans. Yeah. Like I know. It- beef flavor yeah anything. that's what that's what natalie when i said it's flavor natalie was like what liver like what yeah good? tuna what's it gonna be flavored like but it's oh, a boy. banana cherry anyway <laughs> do you ever david do you ever want to give it a taste and no, see how it tastes to humans okay no just curious I, those are my two least favorite like chemical like fake artificial fruit flavors sure banana and cherry are the worst cherry i'm right <laughs> yeah. there with you absolutely Banana runts were going right in the trash when I was. A oh kid. yeah, banana runts are garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for making like little banana teeth, they were. Worthless. Oh yeah, you could do little like things. That's a good idea. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, me, give myself some runts. <laughs> yeah. Try that out. I've, be, I've, uh, be a kid again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely oh. think that it was a point during like heavy like, uh, cor- like pandemic quarantine where I was returning to like doing the Pringles duck bill thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's, that's fair. Like, maybe this will keep me from freaking out <laughs> like succumbing to my anxiety for 30 seconds if i yeah quack like a duck while i've got my sour cream and onion sprinkles <laughs> back back to the fatherhood thing and oh, dad okay. jokes <laughs> sure um i have a dad joke that oh okay it's, it's not like the kind of jokes that you guys are talking about that's like part of your like personality it's like part of your yeah i don't know conversation this Routine is just in the, in the repertoire just a, yeah it's a joke that i an air, think an is really or quiver yeah this one's great okay. all right okay. you're gonna think you know what's going on okay 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 what's a pirate's favorite letter r you think it's r but it's really the c <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not like the best joke and i like a really you, good one i like that you did the you did the voice a little bit and i appreciate that yeah, that's too good that's uh, really good oh, I'm, I'm committing that to the to oh the, undoubtedly uh, yes i yeah. i like almost any pirate related joke so when i, I have to, um, told me, yeah. that's a good one uh, I, I i can't wait for tyler's kids to be old enough to appreciate my jokes because my yes i my nephew that lives out here is like, he's about to be 18. He's like a little man now. He doesn't care anymore. Wow. He doesn't. When I, when I used to ask him, what do planets read for fun? Well, to which the answer is obviously comic books. He would love it. Sure. No, sure. He, does. he doesn't care about that anymore. <laughs> that's too bad. He'll grow back into it though. That's the thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's true. As long as I keep uh, asserting my influence. Exactly. Um, Anyway, uh, let's talk to Carrie about her job. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned, I, I mentioned uh, Carrie that you you started, I guess, in this line in 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 mostly 
TV. I'm looking at your IMDb. You've got the 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 Millers, a show that I uh, uh, didn't watch. Kind of forgot. <laughs> um, so your name there. Uh, um, but it had quite a cast that show. Um, uh, Will Arnett and Bo Bridges and Margot Martindale. It's, it's really funny that that's something that I'm known for on IMDb when I only worked on it for like one day. Yeah, <laughs> it says you. It's, yeah. you it says you. You have three episodes under your under your belt. That's, three of that's efficiency. But, that's yeah. fake, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's almost a tenth of the episodes of The Millers. Um, uh, yeah, so like uh, The Millers, uh, Blunt Talk with Patrick Stewart, um, and of course, uh, I say of course, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which you worked on for, for many years. But how did you, first off, how did you get into that? Uh, how, did you, how did you get hired on The Millers for one day and somehow work on three episodes? Well, I, right out of art school, um, I got hired at uh, this place called Aztec Wall Covering. It's in Van Nuys and they are, they're a custom printer, but they do a lot of stuff for Hollywood. So I worked there for five years and ended up working really heavily in their Hollywood section. So just like talking to production designers and art directors all the time, only I was on the printing end. Um, not so much on the design end and every once in a while, like they would have a budget issue and they needed a graphic designer to design really quick stuff. And I just realized that I liked that more and more. And as my fifth year there was wrapping up, I was just like, you know what, I think I can do this for a living. So I put in my notice, I called everybody in my Rolodex and told them that I was going rogue and that they should hire me. <laughs> Or wow. would you please hire me? <laughs> Which is when I got my Miller's job. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then it's just, it's kind yeah. of just been ever since then, like uh, my next job was on something, you know, one of my old clients at Aztec. And then, and then after that, it's just kind of been <laughs> word, word of mouth. So I've been in TV for most of that time and uh, for like the past seven years and then the pandemic happened and um we were like just about to start back up um on the show made for love um and the day before i was gonna start i got a call uh for this very special movie directed by paul thomas anderson <laughs> and i just i i died like I was so, I, I couldn't believe that this was happening. It film was something I had wanted to get into, but it's a really kind of a big puddle to jump when you've been in TV for so long. And now I think it's not the case. Like now TV is like really elevated to film status in a lot of different arenas. So I feel like there's a lot more cross pollination, but, um, initially like me in half hour comedy, you know, making a leap to a, a Paul Thomas Anderson film just does not seem likely at all. But I think it happened because people who know me like me. And I think, I, I don't know, whatever. I was ready for it. I yeah. couldn't have been more ready for it. And um, it, it was a wild ride for sure. Well, let's, um, I definitely want to ask more questions about the Gersh pizza, but I also want to get an idea or for the listener's sake, what 
a graphic designer in an art department on a TV show or movie does? Is it like if, uh, uh, you know, Jake Peralta's got a box of cereal on his desk or he's reading a magazine. Is that something you're, you're making? Yeah. Yeah. So that's one part of it. So that's props. Okay. Um, basically the graphic designer has about five bosses. So mm. you have the production designer who's governs the art department and the whole look of the show. And then you've got set dressing props, um, video playback. So like phones and computers, mm. um, that's another big part of it. Uh, VFX sometimes like we help them out as well. Um, and then transportation. So any kind of picture cars, like delivery vans or whatever else. So basically I'm responsible for any graphic that is filmed on camera. So like filmed on set, I mean, um, whether that's like a beer label mm. or like the whole branding for a business or in the case of licorice pizza, like the whole inside of the teenage fair, like mm. stuff like that. Um, you have to come up with like a very rich bounty of stuff to fill the screen. And oftentimes like there's not a lot of time to figure it out. And yeah, so you're basically like in charge of creating it and then sending it to print and then like telling them where to put it. That's what we do. And it is, is it a situation where, and maybe it's, I'm, I'm sure maybe it's different with each project, but uh, is it a situation where like, you know what it, you, you're told what is needed and you come up with it like completely, or someone says, here's the idea we have. Can you realize it? Um, or is it maybe a, a combination or is it just different every time? Yeah, it's different every time. Like sometimes I will get a, a napkin sketch from the production designer. Sometimes I'll get a folder of research and mm. then I will just see like where we're dressing and they'll just be like, go for it. Just mm. make as many things as you can. Like it, like for example, if we're doing a street scene and we have to come up with businesses for like a whole street scene, um, you know, that's, that's typically what we'll do. Like we'll, we'll get some research reference photos and then they'll kind of let me run with it. Um, yeah, it's, it is a mixed bag though, because every designer is different and some are like, have very particular ideas about what they want and some do not care at all. Is there, uh, is, is there also like the potential for like, I don't know, thinking in terms of like, okay, well, we need to evoke, you know, we, I need to design a cereal box or, or, you know, a, a, a can of soda or something like that. Uh, and so we want to sort of uh, maybe evoke something that exists without going too far in that direction so that people know exactly what this is meant to be. And we could get in some kind of legal trouble. Is that like, <laughs> is that like a, a, a line that you need to walk sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. So a big part of my job is clearances. So just mm. not getting the studio sued. So, <clears throat> and directors always want the real thing. And uh, with some production companies and some studios, you can give them the real thing, but for the most part, you have to make everything fictional. Um, and a lot of that has to do with like how a brand or a product is being um, portrayed in a scene. Like if it's being portrayed negatively, like it can't be a can of sure. Coca-Cola, you know what I'm saying? So like, um, yeah, we, I, I, 
my whole job is like, I want to get it as close. I want to get it as uncomfortably close to real as possible. And then clearance usually reels me back in a little bit. Um, but yeah, like having a really good understanding of branding throughout the decades is great. Like an art history Mm -hmm. background is great. Um, you guys can't see, but like above me right now is like a whole reference library of books that help fuel my graphics. Like the internet is great. Um, but it's also not. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's about right. That's what I've found to be true. (laughs) That's, that's the tagline for the internet, right? Yeah. Internet's great, but kind of (laughs) not. Um, but there's gotta be a huge difference in, I'll mention Brooklyn Nine-Nine again, because you were, uh, you were on that show. Was it six? I said five earlier. Was it six seasons you were on? Uh, yeah, six seasons. Okay. Um, so something like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you're doing, you know, 22 episodes uh, a, a year, you know, uh, uh, something that has a lot of cutaways. It's very visually busy, that show. Um, I imagine there's a lot. Is that like, what are the differences between doing something like that and then something like Licorice Pizza, where you've got an exi- not only an exacting director, but someone who is, but a movie that is made about a very specific time and place. Like, is is there more uh, freedom or creativity in one or the other? You know, it, and I don't know if this is just because a lot of time has passed. I look back at my years on Brooklyn Nine-Nine as like, vacation work like Mm. it was it was really hard like it was definitely challenging we got scripts on thursday night and we'd be shooting on monday like it it was difficult but i think because we were like working in the present day and then also like this we we already had like this uh oh gosh how do i even say this i feel like my objectives were a lot easier um, it would be much easier for me to like whip up a graphic for Brooklyn nine, nine than it would be for licorice pizza. And I only say that because like licorice pizza was the first film I did like talk about, a, talk about a first, like, yeah. and, and I was, I had big shoes to fill and I've got a real big, uh, imposter complex. So I mean, the amount of worth that I put into designing even the tiniest little garbage graphic in that movie, that like never got seen. <laughs> it was like a lot, like I put a lot of love into it. And then also like we were trying to be historically accurate. And this was the first thing I had worked on when we like picked up from COVID mm-hmm. and like, it was still the height of COVID. And so like, time was really crunched. We didn't really have like a lot of resources. Um, it was confusing. I, I would definitely say like film film is harder because you need your density is so much greater. The camera like could very well see all the way around. So you just need that much more content to put in there. And then that content, like we don't necessarily get a play by play of what they're going to be shooting every day. And like, very well like there could be close-up shots on something that i made and like it better look good (laughs) right yeah um yeah i don't know it was i i would say like film is definitely tougher but 
that challenge to me is more fulfilling sure and and can be more fun like the objective is a bit harder so it's more challenging it's more like engaging um well, I, and, and also, uh, in the specific case of licorice pizza, uh, a lot of your work got a bit of a second life, uh, because of, uh, I think this is when, when you, we first started talking about you coming on the show was when, uh, the Westwood village was showing, uh, licorice pizza and, and, and next door they built the arcade and, and they had the upstairs that had all of the, all of these signs. And I, and I had posted pictures of me and Natalie there and you commented like, I mean, you know, we made those signs. <laughs> um, so that's kind of, uh, that's a, 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 that's a cool thing, right? Did you, did you go, uh, visit that, um, uh, mm-hmm. the arcade and stuff in Westwood? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I loved it. Um, I loved it for a lot of reasons. Like first off, yeah, you never get to see your graphics ever again. Like even if they manage to make it on the screen, which usually they're like a little blurry rectangle in the background, like there, it was a really graphics heavy movie. And then, yeah, popping over to fat Bernie's pinball palace after the movie (laughs) to play some pinball was so great. And I don't know if you felt it too, but just like walking in there, like how long has it been since you walked into a pinball arcade where you like heard the flappers and like the dings and everything like it sent me right back but it was also just like so wonderful and darling to see all of the signage and um i like had forgotten about a lot of it even though i was only there for two months like it like the signage from the very beginning i was like oh yeah we were just kids (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where uh where were you working out of were you working out of the valley was it uh we were working out of so uh gary the mm-hmm. the character and um he, he's a real person and his younger brother greg in the movie is a real person so greg is now a an attorney i guess okay I'm sorry that I don't know this, <laughs> but <laughs> we were working out of Greg's like legal offices um, okay. or maybe, maybe it's real estate. Sorry guys. Um, but because the pandemic happened, like all of his workers had gone home and were working from home. And so we had this like beautiful office space that in Canoga park that wasn't getting used. Um, so I got to drive to the Valley and work in this work in Warner center well, that's, Yo, that's, what I was, that's, that's what I was hoping to, yeah, to get at. Were you, were you steeped in the San Fernando Valley? It sounds like you were certainly Canoga Park. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah that's and it's great. where I was born. Like this movie takes place in exactly the neighborhood where I was born. And, yeah. um, and then, yeah, just going to work in Canoga Park, which is where I spent most of my childhood. It yeah. was really fun. Um, What's uh follow your heart cafe. Is that uh that's Canoga mm-hmm. Park, Casey, Casey's Tavern. Casey's Tavern yeah. and oh my gosh, there's so many good ones. Scotland yeah. Yard. I've never been, but uh, yeah, um, I, 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 I that's what I liked. I mean, obviously, I love licorice pizza, but also I have been a Valley resident for um, over over ten years. Uh, I consider myself a a, a Valley boy now, uh, 
And, uh, yeah, that was part of like me wanting to take pictures of all your signs and post it on Instagram was like, yeah, I'm here to see liquor's pizza, but also look at all this like Valley shit. Like I, yeah. I think I, I like as a, as a, uh, yeah, 12 year Valley resident. Um, I want to, I want to thank you for your part in making the Valley seem cool. At least, uh, uh, a little bit. Valley is so cool. Valley is cool. I don't care what people say. Yeah, people don't know. Shit on the valley all the time. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to say bad words. It's fine. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely are. Okay. Well, people fucking shit all yeah. over the valley <laughs> all the time. And it bums me out because, and you know what? That's okay. We don't need them. Yeah. Um, the valley is a weird place and there's no other place like it. And it's just like, I don't know. It's got a weird magic to it. And I love that that magic was captured in this film. Like, got it. Yeah. And well, he's this, a valley uh, kid too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, very yeah. much yeah. so. Yeah. And so, I mean, so, like, uh, Boogie Nights and Punch Drunk Love are both like big valley movies. Uh, yeah, he's uh, one of our one of our champions. You're talking the two thirds of the Zoom call are North Hills and Panorama City, so we're uh, we're we're pretty deep valley. Oh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like the idea of calling this area Deep Valley. That feels right <laughs> to me. Um, yeah, if you, you know, if you've gone to the Panorama City Mall, then you're <laughs> Deep Valley uh, with Ooh. that horrifying Walmart connected uh, that still uh, carries a lot more than you'd think. But anyway, um, I just went because uh, I just moved to Panorama City mm-hmm. um, and I just went uh, just saw Top Gun Maverick at the uh, the Van Nuys Regency. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I'd never been before. It felt like the nineties. Really never. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. 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 It's uh because you know, I they're not a sponsor, so I won't say I, I won't go into too much detail, but I have like the AMC uh stubs thing. So right. but before I had that, uh yeah, I went to that theater regularly. Um and uh yeah, it's not it's it's not bad. It's a it's a very this uh I don't think I'm being insulting when I say this. It's a very valley theater. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're just, uh, I've been to theaters elsewhere in this city and movie theaters in the Valley have a certain vibe to them that I really like. Um, yeah. and, uh, that's, that, that might be the most one, uh, the most, that, the most Valley right. theater, but, um, um, but yeah. So Carrie, well, I, I was curious I talk to about the Valley all day. Go ahead. I had more to say, but go ahead. About the, about the Valley. No, I was going to transition, but it sounds like you have some oh. transition. Well, I was cute. I was curious about like you know and again i'm sure this is different per uh per project but you know so you're you're the graphic designer you're doing a a lot of stuff are you is it one of those situations where you're like the sole or primary graphic designer or are you just like part of a team um i i asked because i remember i have i had a friend who was an animator on uh, kung fu panda which is obviously an animated film uh but I remember he he told me that his whole job, his entire job for that movie was to animate the steam coming out of the noodle bowls. That was his entire job. And so I'm so when it comes to anything that's design related, um, I'm always fascinated by that, that like it's like, all right, you're, jo- you know, is it so segmented? It's like your job is to go back to what we've been talking about. Your job is uh, business, you know, signs on businesses, your job is cereal boxes, or is it really just like, you're the graphic designer, it's all on you. Uh, or is it really just different from project to project? Yeah, it's different from project to project. Um, 
So Licorice Pizza, I was the second graphic designer brought okay. in. So the lead graphic designer, Diane Chadwick, she's a legend. She's so talented. Um, she did Big Fish, Men in Black, like mm. just to name a few. Um, and so I came in primarily to tackle the teenage fair because it was quickly approaching and, um, I mean, this was just a whole lot of movie and mm. not really enough people to do. I mean, it was done on a budget. This is, yeah. you know, definitely a budget um, feature. And so, yeah, I came in about, I think, like maybe halfway through filming and was really just like thrown into it. And uh, but Diane had been alone, like she had been the sole graphic designer up to that point. So Diane did um let's see like a lot of this like city street exteriors she did the joel wax office like uh lot, lots of great sets in in the movie and um and then typically like i don't know i just did a huge blockbuster where i was the only graphic designer until like the last month of shooting so um i don't Are know you to say I, what that is uh, yeah, that's Babylon. That's coming out the new Damien next Chazelle. year. Yeah, the new Damien Chazelle. And then uh, I just worked on Oppenheimer, which is uh, the new Nolan film. I was the second on that too. And that had just been one person for the majority of the time. Like, I think, yeah, I think studios maybe don't realize like how much work it is. Um, and it's a constant battle to try to get a good graphics team going because it's so much for one person. Um, Cause you're a part of every single set of the movie, every single set, mm -hmm. like you touch everything. Uh, um, out of, out of curiosity on Oppenheimer, did you work with Ruth? Yeah. Oh, all right. She and I were in a Bible study together several years ago. Um, oh, wow. So, you know, small world. But yeah, anyway. very small world. I only yeah. talked to her on Zoom, um, yeah. but she seems great. Yeah, she yeah. and her husband. Uh, I haven't spoken to them in a while, um, but uh, but yeah, we were friends with them. Oh, cool. Yeah, small world. Yeah. Um, yeah, Oppenheimer just wrapped. Um, I'm not sure when that's supposed to come out. Um and then some of the crew from that are going on to this next feature. I can, I'm not allowed to say what that is, but oh. it's going to be, it's going to be great. <laughs> it's gonna, oh, maybe exciting. there'll be some scenes in the Valley. I don't know. Oh, that's, I, that's an, all I care about anymore. Yeah. It probably not, but it's, it's an <laughs> LA movie. So, yeah. Uh, well, actually that's a, a good transition to, um, did you, cause you also worked on the currently airing or recently airing Angeline mm -hmm. miniseries did, is it a coincidence that you went from one like Los Angeles period piece to another or, or did you get the job on Angeline? Because like someone said like, Oh, she did like licorice pizza. There's another, uh, well, I did Angeline first. Oh, so okay. Angeline was what I was working on when the lockdown hit oh, and, okay. um, yeah, I was so invested in that. I was the only graphics person on that. And then the lockdown hit and then they went down for a year and a half and then picked up with like kind of a different team. I couldn't rejoin them. I couldn't finish it out. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I was just talking to that art director today. Um, and I was like, oh God, I've got a real pattern going on in my career, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure I've manifested this somehow because like I've said, like, all I want to do is work on things that are about LA. And if it could just be stuff about the Valley, I'd be even happier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, especially, I mean, you work in an industry where being from here is the exception. <laughs> It's like film and TV is what Los Angeles is known for. And yet most people who work in film and TV didn't grow up in Los Angeles. It seems like, um, uh, yeah, I mean, my, your, your old friend, my wife, uh, is always like, uh, it's, it's she's always like the, it's always a, 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 a treat when people are like, Oh, you're from here. Like when, when you're, when you're, uh, uh, around people. So that is definitely something you can, uh, some expertise you can bring to, I do feel like a little bit more important (laughs) when I'm like, Oh, I'm from here. They're like, you are you unicorn. I know. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't feel more important, but I feel like proud. I'm proud to be an Angelino or a Valley girl or whatever you call it. Like I, I, I'm so heavily stitched into this city um, like the thought of moving out of it really freaks me out. Yeah. Um, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> let's not, let's not think about it. Yeah, let's let's not, all just let's move on. Let's all just stay in Los Angeles forever. <laughs> that's, even that's as the plan. Uh, yeah, even as it burns down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that stuff rarely reaches the Valley. So I think we'll be all right. True. True. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know with, the. uh, there was a recent thing that was like one in six Americans lives somewhere where they're in danger of their house burning down mm-hmm. uh, oh. and it's getting worse because of climate change. That's what I talked about that documentary. We're getting, getting so off track, but the documentary bring your own brigade. They talk about a, a situation where people who live in Los Angeles who think that they're far enough from foliage to be safe aren't because embers can, uh, sure. Uh, uh, can can float anyway oh speak you know what else is to 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 keep the conversation light you know what else climate change is apparently great for oh rattlesnakes the rattlesnake population in southern california is healthier than it's ever been so if you're when you're hiking or desert camping or something be careful there are more rattlesnakes in southern california now than apparently there have like ever been before oh you just have to tickle them and then they leave you alone (laughs) that's that's yeah. the trick. Take it, take it from Ranger Carey. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't tickle them. I do feel like anytime you hear that, like, oh, this, this, you know, man-made thing is having an impact that causes like an increase in a certain animal population. It's like, all right, that's that's when you start to get into like sci-fi fantasy world where it's like oh course oh so we actually are going to make it so that the animals uh retake the world okay and it's the snakes they're the oh, ones so it's not it's not you're planet imagining of the apes. a planet of the apes with, with like talking with snakes. metal snakes yes yes yeah okay um we've gone so far <laughs> <laughs> off topic um uh so um I didn't. I didn't realize until you said it that your chief job on Licorice Pizza was the the teenage fair. There was a lot going on uh, in in that 
in that sequence. Obviously. Yeah. 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 So I, I say like, I think that's why I was brought on, but then I stayed on, uh, because okay. there was, there was a lot to do. Um, so yeah, my two big sets that I worked on were the teenage fair and fat Bernie's pinball palace, hmm. um, which were both just an incredible amount of work needed. I mean, cause the teenage fair takes place at the palladium, which is a huge yeah. space. Hmm, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just trying to fill up that with period appropriate stuff was quite, quite a thing. So we had like our coordinator trying to clear a bunch of old brands from that time. Um, it, everything was like pretty realistic. We went off of photos. There's only like six photos of the teenage fair in 1972. Um, but we copied those exactly. Hmm. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, by, by my last month there, Diane Chadwick, the gra- the lead graphics, um, person had gone on to another project. So then I kind of took over and finished up the film with the production designer and, um, yeah, still a lot of work. I mean, it's just hard making any modern place look older. Like yeah. you think you would just have to take a lot of stuff away, but with graphics, you just need to kind of pour them on. Um, and it's, it feels well, you like gotta, it you might gotta be cover up the, uh, billboard for ugly dolls or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, once again, David, your memory of movies that do not matter, uh, is impressive to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, one thing, something that I, as I've gotten, uh, older and I kind of have a, a more of an understanding of sort of, what goes into movies, you know, when you're younger, you look at a fantasy film or a sci-fi film or something like that. And, or, or even like a, a, an old school, like period piece, like a, like a sword and sandal epic. And, you know, you see the production design and, and the graphic design and, and it's impressive to be sure, but in a way it's almost more challenging. Uh, I would, I would assume for, the art department for the production designer to do something like licorice pizza, where it's a recognizable reality that was recent enough that there are, there are probably plenty of people going to see the movie that lived through it. Now, certainly Mm -hmm. because we live in Los Angeles, that's an even more unique situation. But um, I do wonder, like, have you ever like, would you want to do something that's, that is, essentially pure fantasy. Um, and so that you can, so you don't necessarily have to get locked into, uh, trying to recreate something or evoke something that people, uh, are going to know if it's, if it's right or wrong. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, I, I just dipped my toes into a Marvel feature and had a really great time. Um, it was the first time I'd kind of been in that world. Um, and yeah, it was very different, like whole different vernacular. Um, I, I think that it would be really challenging for me because I am someone who thrives off of reference photography and like art history, everything. Like I, I like having something to go off of. And when you're in sci-fi and fantasy, like you're off, you, you have to do so much conceptual conceptual. God, I can't say that word conceptualization Um, yes thank you there we go (laughs) i was like sorry guys it's not happening (laughs) 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 yeah so so much of it 
is like breaking into the idea of what things are going to look like rather right. than like just designing it. So it takes more effort in the, I mean, it's, I guess it's just a different kind of effort. Um, so, and, or, or just a different muscle, but yeah, I think right. I would totally dig something like that. I might, like I might have an opportunity like that coming up soon. I don't know. We'll see. Cool. I, I did. Like we're going to have to have you back on after all the shit you can't talk about. Yeah. Comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's come back next year and um, Absolutely. I'll, fill you, I'll fill you in. I was, I was looking at speaking of secrecy. Uh, I was looking up uh, on IMDb. I was looking at Babylon and um and i was looking at the cast and it's like oh toby mcguire is charlie chaplin and uh uh margot roby is clara bow and uh max Minghella is irving thalberg uh and then under plot it says plot unknown rumored to be set in period hollywood and i was like i i feel like given what we do know i think you can go ahead and drop the the uh, rumor uh aspect of that yeah that well first off that information is not entirely accurate uh, oh, oh. i don't think that they have updated that i think the probably the last time that page was updated was like maybe a couple years ago or something okay. so yeah take things with a grain of salt there it is period oh los okay. angeles yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be wild i can't put my finger on i can't put my finger on like what that movie is going to be but i just know from my point of view like it was bonkers mm -hmm. i mean like bonkers in a great way so um i'm i'm looking forward to seeing that one uh so so am i i mean i already was because i'm a damien chazelle fan but uh, yeah now even more so um but i love yeah i Every once in a while, you're reminded that IMDb is not like a rock solid like reference yeah. <laughs> material. I remember like up until it came out. So there's a part in the trailer for Bill and Ted Face the Music where they're like, okay, we've got 79 minutes to do X or whatever. And based on that in the trailer, for like months leading up to the release of the movie i'm to be listed the runtime of the movie is 79 minutes as if like they were just assuming that's that's literally how the movie starts just can going we've got 70 minutes um i might have the the uh number wrong but that's the yeah uh uh i'm to be is not uh not ironclad uh, right. my favorite thing is when there are um because the the trivia se section is clearly like user generated like open yes. source i yes. love when there are bits of trivia that contradict one another like oh, because yeah. i imagine i imagine someone reading the trivia and going oh that's not right and then yeah. like <laughs> and putting their own entry <laughs> and occasionally you'll run across a piece of quote-unquote trivia that's clearly like not even disguised opinion <laughs> like it'll say like uh this was really great and it's like well, I guess in a way that's considered a certain type of trivia, but in the sense that this person's opinion is not important, but, uh, but yeah, it's yeah. IMDb is but definitely did not. You know uh, this Mark, uh, did you know this marks Robert Downey Jr.'s fifth bad movie in a row? <laughs> uh, oh all right. Well, I, I, I was gonna, um, I was gonna ask what's next, but it sounds like there's, you've told us what you can and there's things you can't tell us. Yeah. about what's next you're clearly working for the cia <laughs> yes i'm making everybody fake ids oh 
And because that's something that they need. <laughs> I obviously probably. don't know what the CIA does. <laughs> Stands to reason. You probably need fake IDs in the CIA. Seems um, seems like it. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I just accepted a job today for a feature that starts shooting this summer. And it, that one is going to be really fun. It's nostalgic and oh, great. That, mm. I'm glad you said that. Cause that gives me another um, question. How, at what point do you actually start designing? Like, obviously they need to have the designs before they, they have things made before they shoot. Yeah. The, box, the box of cereal has to be made or whatever. And how, how far in advance of, of well, principal photography do you, do you start? I mean, ideally I'd love to be starting three months out at least, at mm. least for any project, but like, that's kind of not been the case. Again, it's like another example of, studios or production companies like not really grasping exactly like i have a very misunderstood position um people think that my job is very easy uh i think people on the outside think that my job is very easy and it just really isn't i'm oftentimes like the person that's staying the latest i'm oftentimes the person that's working on the weekends like it's, it's a tough job and so getting as much play before we start photography is key um but yeah on average i would say it's like 10 to 10 to 12 weeks is when they would start me okay and you know you've got like your week to like digest the script and do a breakdown and then you've got to like get into the world and like you do some you print out some things and you put it on the walls and like you're me you probably buy a lot of books I've got a real um, reference library problem. It's <laughs> not earthquake safe. <laughs> and, um, um, well, that uh, because you said that you just signed on to something that was going to start shooting this summer, and it's it's June. It's it's still spring, no matter what Tyler says. Uh, no, Tyler I feel thinks, like we're a couple. I think we're a couple days into summer. Tyler says summer starts June first. Certainly not in Los Angeles. You've heard of June That's, blooms. Yes. Summer yes. does not start until July and then it ends around mid November. Um, uh, anyway, so I, I, that's why I, 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 I wondered is, so is this one going to be a crunch then? I think it might be, but I also, it, it's not as challenging as some of the other projects I've been on in that it's not period. Um, like we're not trying to replicate something that was a hundred years ago. So that's, that's already way less strain on, um, on the art department. Um, it's also a Netflix production and they tend to be a bit more lenient about what you can see on camera. So like Mm. if a business was featured on camera, like it wouldn't be like, you need to cover it, you know? Mm. Um, and I think that they might be a little bit more lenient about like brand names and things like that. Um, yeah. It, uh, I don't want to say like, it's going to be an easy job because no job is easy. That is like the nail in the coffin um, right there. Um, yeah, no job is easy, especially after COVID. Like they're all like three times as hard as they used to be. But, um, why, why is that with, in, in regards to your job? Well, it's not even so much COVID. It's the volume of work that is happening 
not only in Los Angeles, but like across the United States is so great that getting anything made, like, you know, like I design something and then I have to like get it made at a sign shop or, you know, printing place or whatever. They're all so inundated with like, Hmm. there's just so much being filmed right now. So much production happening, whether it's like commercials or web series, films, TV, there's so much content being generated that all of the vendors that we rely on are stressed to the max. Hmm. So like you just have it, like there's that, then there is COVID as well. COVID, you know, has made everything a lot more difficult, a lot more expensive. Um, 20% on average of productions budgets are going to COVID. So like, Hmm. think about that on like $120 million movie. Like that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So they're making up for it by like kind of crunching the time a little bit. So yeah, it's just like hard, harder conditions and uh, you, you just really have to be like agile and uh, I don't know, <laughs> flexible and like you yeah. just got to accept your reality and <laughs> go forward. I mean, this is like, this is not a glamorous job. Like it is really, <laughs> really hard. It is so hard. I can't tell you how many times a week I cry, but it's like pretty often. Um, but I'm also really, I'm quite an artist too. So, you know, <laughs> you know, agree. it's, it's odd that you, and I know we do need to wrap up, but you, I have more questions now too, though, is the thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So like going, going down that path, I was curious to know, um, cause you hear stories, uh, specifically by like designers who put so much, work into a specific thing that they're really proud of and it gets if it gets any screen time at all it's like so far in the background that literally no one can see it uh and it's really not until like blu-ray special features that anybody's able to actually see this thing um Mm -hmm. and so i was wondering have you had any of those moments of heartbreak where there's something that you are like this is my best work ever uh and you've done exactly what they need you to do and then suddenly it's just like it is barely a detail in the background have you had anything like that okay yeah Uh, every day okay all right every day (laughs) okay um yeah, that's, that's how it is. And, but, but every once in a while, like you get surprised and you're like, Oh, that graphic that I did in 15 minutes and like printed out on the copier is now like front and center. Yeah. Um, it's 70 millimeter. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. well that, okay. I was going to save this question for later, but this leads me to the question. Uh, w- do you have anything that you've kept? I know you have a reference library. Do you have like props or, or, or pieces of, uh, uh, art or whatever that you've been able to squirrel away and, and, and kept. Yeah, I do. I've got some stuff. I have some stuff from Babylon. I, I have some stuff from, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood actually, uh, hmm. which I didn't work on, but I, I helped someone get a job on and they in turn gave me props. Nice. Um, literally they gave yeah. Props. yeah yeah they gave me some props um <laughs> but i don't know i i don't so much hang on to like the finished product but i um 
I hang on to my sketches a lot. Mm. And I do that because um, I'm one of those people that loves the special features on yeah. any DVD. Yeah. And like, especially when they go like behind the scenes or like just recently, I watched the one on Pinocchio where they're like watching the famous seven animators, like tooling over and right. like drawing Pinocchio and everything. And I was just like, Oh, maybe, maybe someday I'll be on the special features. I should, I should hang on to those drawings. So I have like bankers boxes of all of my sketchbooks from everything I've ever been on, um, which I've never really gone through, but I bet there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, uh, we should let the people at a uh, criterion or whatever know <laughs> right, when they're yeah. putting out the, the, the 4k Blu-ray of, uh, liquor's pizza. Not that. I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm not an uh, authority on that. Um, okay. Well that, uh, okay. I don't have a good transition into this question, but I thought of it earlier. So I thought I'll, I'll ask it. You mentioned that, you know, obviously you're part of the art department. You're working under the production designer, but you also keep mentioning working for these very well-known auteurists, you, you know? So how often, if ever is, Paul Thomas Anderson, Damien Chazelle, or Christopher Nolan, like, I don't know, looking over your shoulder or actually like signing off on what you're, you're making. Um, I am very sheltered from the directors okay. and that's not always the case. Um, like I think on the Nolan feature, like I think Chris was actually like in the art department a lot, but I was remote. So I never, um, I never met him or anything. Okay. Um, and same thing, I think like, you know, I only started films since COVID and COVID has really separated everybody. Right. I think typically, yes, there would be a bit more interaction, but I've had none. Um, I've had none. I really think it's just because of COVID. Like oftentimes I'm in another location entirely from where we're shooting. Um, but typically what happens is like, I'll make the art and give it to the production designer and he or she is the sales of everything that we're making. So like, she's got to like sell it to the director and um, yeah, I mean, usually they're my conduit. Um, it's very rare that I would be put in touch with the director, but it has happened and I kind of like it when it mm -hmm. does have, like, it's, it's interesting. Um, they're really good at giving direction, oddly. <laughs> <laughs> um, not to say that production designers aren't, um, but I'm just like, I find it to be like an interesting, um, I don't know, it's just like a little bit different. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for uh, shining all this light on uh, what it is to be a graphic designer on some of the uh, biggest Hollywood productions. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for having me. Yeah, and I definitely we will de definitely will have to have you uh, back after uh, the stuff you can't talk about becomes stuff you can talk yeah. about uh, once we've combed through your NDA and, <laughs> and decided what's allowed and what's not. Um, where can people find you? Um, in a dark cave, working on graphics. Um, they can find me, you mean, you mean like socially, like the socially or also, I mean, you mentioned, I mean, you're an artist. Do you have work online somewhere that people can? 
I'm going to be honest with you. Since I became a graphic designer for Hollywood, I can't make art anymore. Yeah. <laughs> There's no more time. Um, but I'm working on that. Uh, yeah, you can like, I mean, you can see my very old portfolio that I haven't updated in five years on my website, which is carriehyatt.com. And, um, and yeah, I, you can reach me on Insta, K-H-N-O-7. Um, I don't really post a lot of graphic stuff, but, you know, occasionally I do. And I don't know. That's, that's pretty much it. I'm kind of like a boring lady that just does graphics. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's not been my experience, but, uh, uh, I don't think it was the listener's experience either. Uh, so thank you again for joining us. Um, listeners, you can find us at battleshipretention.com. That's where you can find, uh, movie reviews and podcasts and all other kinds of, of stuff. You can email us at David at battleshipretention.com or Tyler at battleshipretention.com. You can follow me, David on Twitter at Davy pretension. Uh, also check out my other podcast. It's called the one where I met your mother. And it's a podcast in which my wife, Natalie and I watch an episode of friends and an episode of how I met your mother every week and, uh, dis- discuss, um, and compare and contrast and, talk about what the top five songs in the U S were on the day that the episodes aired and all sorts of little fun, uh, segments. We just recently, um, uh, saw, we watched a, an episode, uh, in which, uh, Ross very troublingly didn't want his son playing with a Barbie. We didn't like that. Uh, but, um, uh, meanwhile, Robin on how many mother is dating a guy with a kid. So a lot of kids in this week's episode of, of, uh, uh, where I met your mother. So check that out. Um, you can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler pretension. Tyler, what do you have to plug? Uh, well, this is a, a, a project that I was uh, invited to be a part of, and it is now available. There's a book out there that you can get on Amazon called Movies from the Mountaintop, uh, 100 plus films that express God, explore faith and enlighten church. And it's a uh, it's a, a number of people contributed to it. Uh, many of them, people that I know, um, I wrote uh, <clears throat> I wrote uh, several, a few thousand words on um, Last Temptation of Christ, uh, and I was very excited to be a part of it. Uh, it the, the book also features interviews with like uh, Zachary Levi, Mark Wahlberg, Rob Lowe. So uh, it was a really fun project to be, to be a part of. So it's called uh, Movies from the Mountaintop, and you can find it uh, on Amazon. Uh, okay. Well, uh, Carrie, thanks again. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.